Are you full of sugar? You had three donuts. You didn't have any because he ate three and there weren't any left. Oh, I'm glad you're happy. You know, if donuts makes you all chattery like this, we'll get them every week. Now, my wife tells me I'm getting, you know, old, no. This way, this way, fat. No, you said, what was the word? Paunchy. Well, that's, that's even worse than fat. Oh, boy. It's a good club. Thank you. I'm a member of your club then. A couple announcements, and we're, we're blessed to have Timothy Scott minister the word of the Lord today. Amen. And, uh, but I've got some important things I, wanted to, I want to say. Those of you that are, that are men, how many of you know that are, you are men? Good. That's just good to know. After the service, if you go to church here, I want to take just a couple minutes to talk to you, man. So women and kids, you leave the sanctuary and the man can stay here. Not you, not you. Kids, you won't be in here. Just the men. There's always one. Jackson, Richard, be quiet. Now I'm confused. I don't know what the next announcement is. I want to pray for a little girl. Carl Fuelberg's mother went home to be with Jesus. Just went back to bed and went home. And the funeral was yesterday. But Carl's brother was back. And um, Carl was raised on the farm up by Osmond. And and his brother went to another place, another farm evidently. They had a, uh, what do you call it, a go-kart. And the, the Carl's, Carl's nephew is a Methodist minister and, and put the three-year-old on, but she fell through, and he ran over her. And at this time right now, her name's Hattie. She's in surge. They fly-flighted her over here to, to Omaha. So I want to pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Father, we come in the name of Jesus Christ. No other name. There's healing in the name. Father, we lift up Patty to you. Lord, we pray that you will guide the hands of the surgeons. That they skillfully repair this femur in the name of Jesus. A total supernatural speedy recovery. For the seed of a righteous man is blessed. And so, Father, I thank you we call Hattie blessed, whole, healthy, and recovered in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. One more announcement. Go ahead. Tell them about the little baby. Here, here. Just tell Yeah. Jackson uh, is doing a little better. They got the feeding tube in him. They aren't starting to feed him yet. And they did an x-ray of his brain, and there's no bleeding. So he's stable. He was born at 23 weeks. He weighs 14 ounces. So just keep him in your prayers. Yes. Amen. Amen. And then one other announcement. There's a sign-up sheet back there. It says baptism. If you've not been water baptized... We have a new baptismal, and, and we'd like to do it before it get wheel it out, before it gets cold. So if you'd like to be water baptized the Bible way, 
Everyone say the Bible way. Sprinkling is not the Bible way. Immersion is the Bible way. So sign up. Amen? Amen. There's a name that levels mountains Cause out highways through the seas I've seen its power unravel battles Right in front of me There's a faith that stands defiant Sends Goliath to receive See his praise unravel shackles Right off my feet That's the power of your name just a mansion makes a way Giants fall and strongholds break And there is healing That's the power that I claim It's a state narrow the grave There's no power like the mighty name of Jesus Yeah There's no hope that calls our courage In the furnace unafraid A kind of tearing expectation That every prayer I make Is on an empty grave That's the power of your name just a mansion makes a way Giants fall and strongholds play There's no power, my life There's no power, my life There's no power, my life 
There is power when we sing out the name of Jesus. 
There is power in worship. There is power in unity. Quit holding back. Quit being quiet. Quit being silent. There is a time to rejoice. A time to celebrate. A time to shout. A time to enter in. A time to dance. A time to clap. Quit being quiet, says the Lord. Quit waiting. Quit being timid. Quit being scared. Quit being defeated. Quit focusing on your problems. What you don't have, what you can't do. I am bigger. I am greater. I am stronger. I am with you. There's a name that levels mountains It carves out highways through the sea To see its power unravel battles Right in front of me There's a faith that stands defiant Sins Goliath to his deeds Seen his praise unravel shackles Right in front of me Stop.
Stay with me. There's our perspective and then there's his perspective. Same situation, two different outlooks. While you and I are freaking out because of the circumstance or the situation. Fuel burst. He says, I got this. got this he's not looking at it through your eyes we need to look through his eyes we got the wrong vision not by faith excuse me not by sight but it's by faith Situation hasn't changed, but the outlook has. If you were on a beach with Jesus, just chilling, both got your swimsuits on, warm weather, nice breeze, you wouldn't be worried about anything, would you? Just chilling on a beach with Jesus. You wouldn't be worried about your finances, wouldn't be worried about your health, wouldn't be worried about your kids, wouldn't be worried about your job. Steve, you wouldn't be worried about the country. Because you're on a beach with Jesus. And you know what he's saying? I got this. Amen. You're thirsty? I got this. You're hungry? I got this. You're tired? I got this. You're weary? I got this. Father, I pray that you would give us a spiritual perspective. A heavenly gaze. A supernatural vision. That we would see things as you see them. Not just our lives, not just ourselves. But situations and circumstances, Lord. How you see others. That you would be our vision. That you would be our eyes. are Jehovah Jireh
like you do.
your hands because we sang it we declared it I believe it say father I believe you're pouring out new wine in this hour by faith I lift my hands I open the reservoir of my heart I receive it new wine for me my family and my church in the name of Jesus I'll not be the same because I'm full of new wine thank you Lord thank you Lord hallelujah 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 you got something else or That's good. Fine. Amen. Sit down. New wine. That's the way to end on that. I came down the, the highway today and in my spirit, my spirit was stirring. I came right in here and I told him, I said, something's happening. You need to expect it. I want it. Amen. few quick announcements. We have devotionals in the back for the next three months. They cost us about $3 if you're interested. Um, we have plenty. They're a good thing to hand out. Um, you can just put the money. It's kind of a honor system. Just put your money in the offering or whatever for that. We appreciate it. Um, also, there's some storage containers in the kitchen and some food in the refrigerator. If they're yours, please take them. Or they're going to get thrown away. Um, do you all know who Kent Christmas is? Kent Christmas. On Wednesdays, he does a teaching where he just sits and he just teaches. And this last Wednesday, he did a teaching. So Wednesday, August 30th on YouTube, go to Kent Christmas and it's on balance. And it is a word for the body of Christ today. I would encourage you to listen to that. Um, then Wednesday night, we're going to do something a little different. The Jessens have um, offered to bring their horses. And so they're going to bring their horses here for kids to ride. Um, they will be led 
Um, we're not going to be free-ranging it. But anyway, so we'll start at 6.30, and they'll have the horses here, and you can bring the kids and um, ride the horses. We will also, instead of having a regular service, have a night of fellowship and fun. We'll just have some ice cream and root beer or some stuff like that. And probably a few, a mini work night. There's a few things he needs the men to do. So just light stuff. So that's Wednesday night at 6.30. So we just encourage you to come and have a good time. If you have your Bibles, you can open to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Everybody quotes this scripture all the time, or a lot. It says in verse 19... And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. That is a wonderful scripture. But taking that in context, let's go back and start with verse 10. This is Paul speaking. He says, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I have, that I speak in regard to need, for I've learned to in whatever state I am to be content, I can. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full and having received from Aphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God, and my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. This was written by a man that was sent to minister the gospel. And they blessed him. And last week, when Mike Keyes was here, he's a man sent by God to minister the gospel, and we blessed him. And we want to thank you for that. We sent him away with $8,500, which is tremendous. And we continue to bless him. Look look around. Is this a mega church? No. No, this is The thing that he teaches here is to lay up ahead that when you have opportunity that you can sow. And that's what we've done. And that's even the church. We sow from the church. We lay up ahead so that we can bless him. You bless him. But then there is the promise that when we do that, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That was who that scripture was really written for those that make sure that there's finances pouring in to the ministry of the gospel. So we appreciate you. We thank you for that. Um, we also, Mike Keyes is, he, we support him as a missionary to the Philippines. And then we support a man named Jeff Rogers, who's in Africa, pretty much stranded there the way Mike is stranded here. But we support them monthly. So that all goes to your account, and right. we appreciate that. So this morning, we'll uh, receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Ushers, you can go ahead and receive them. If you need an envelope, um, raise your hand. They will get you an envelope. But we thank you, and we sincerely appreciate your sowing into the gospel.
Ready. I'm ready. Praise God. Well, I'm glad you're here this morning. Amen. Are you glad? Amen. I am blessed to have Timothy Scott, and uh, I want you to stand up. I want you to point your finger at him. Say, Timothy Scott. Timothy Scott. You got this. start to talk in here. I want to start in prayer, actually. So, Father, I just thank you for this time, this opportunity which you give us to have fellowship together. I thank you that our eyes are enlightened, our ears are open to hear, and our hearts are softened. So the word of God grafted in our hearts, that we have an understanding of the word and season you are about to give. I think it is not by my words or my will but your words and your will, that is what is about to be spoken, touches the heart of each and every person that hears. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. The first thing I want to talk about is what I talked to Abe and Paige at the beginning is setting the tone. And you set the tone. You actually touched base on the songs of what uh, I'll be talking about too as well. Pastor's been talking about new wineskins, and he did give me something during that song, that there's a lot of us still clinging on to our old wineskins, and we need to let go of it. It shouldn't be a time that fellowship comes up, and Abe's up there and has to look out at old wineskins that are resisting the flow which he wants to move in, the Holy Spirit, that is. And we, it is our... Uh, responsibility to get ready when we get here, prior to when we get here, I should say. We do it an hour before, and I like to get it set within us because then I have an expectation, and God usually does move on my heart in different ways, not necessarily during the service, but during the day. He will move upon us. Uh, I had different names and titles for what I was about to talk about. I know it's going to be about words, tongue, idle words, but it all relates back to power, the power of those words. So hold on. He's the one that's going to be ministering. He had me bouncing around. I tried to, told Pastor Brad, I tried to study what, the way he, I wanted to go through with this, but he would not let me focus on putting things in order here. He wanted to have the order. So I said, go ahead. You have the order. 
So I want to start right away with what this main thing was about, the idle words. In Matthew 12, 36, 37, you can turn there if you want. There's going to be a lot of scriptures I can lay out that you guys can look up later. But that is a highlighted one, so this is the main basis for this. Where it talks about every word will be held up, brought up in the day of judgment. For by the words you shall be justified, and by the words thou shalt be condemned. Guilty or judgment? Justified? There's two different words that I never really looked at or studied until he told me. That justified is you'll be justified by your words. You will be saying, well done. And there'll be judgment. Not condemning judgment, but judgment that you need to correct. I don't, I don't want to say it like that, but that's how he wanted to say it. But that is exactly what that means. We want to be justified by the words that we speak. I want to go to Proverbs 30, 32. Real quick here. I'll be bouncing around several different scriptures he gave me. Everybody knows that Proverbs is the book of wisdom. So he does lead me there a lot of times. I know Pastor Kathy is one of her favorite books as well. She uses it a lot, which is a good thing. You want to seek wisdom? Get in Proverbs. The righteous shall never be removed, but the wicked shall not inhabit the earth. The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom... But the froward tongue shall be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness. That means perverseness. Things that we should not be saying. Okay, and also in Proverbs, I'm going to have to turn there because everybody should know the scripture. It's one of the main scriptures on the tongue. It's in 1821. You can write it down. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now, he gave me an insert on this. We are the life givers. Jesus gave us the authority in his spirit to give life. That is the main reason for the word that comes out of your mouth is to promote and give life. Now, we can go over this, and I will shortly, but there's an opposite or the flip side of that as well. You can give also power to certain things if you don't speak life when you need to over that situation or scenario that's coming on in your life. In Hosea 4, 6, it talks about my children perish for the lack of knowledge. Not the, lo- not the knowledge of his word alone, but by not knowing the power it has. That's why I'm glad you brought up that song. The pow- There's power in the name. That is the key thing to getting what you want, is standing in faith but using the name of Jesus or his word. There is power in that name. We give God's word life. Don't let that go over you. We give it. We have to speak it. We can't just read it to ourselves. We need to speak it. We have the authority to promote God's will by invoking his word. This advances. We have the authority to promote God's will By invoking his word. Call upon it in prayer. Advance or forward. This will advance or forward the kingdom of God. And Apostle Mike brought this up. And I highlighted it in my notes because he said it. The most powerful thing on this earth is your mouth. 
that authority was given to us by Jesus. That wasn't by chance that it's that powerful. He gave us that authority to move with power by speaking the words. Oh, I go. I got different stuff that I wrote through the years that it tied into. I want to go into one that I had from holding every thought captive. I wrote this several years back, but he had me highlight a reference in that. So to to hold every word captive, we have the power of life or death when spoken. We must correct our thought life by training or retraining our way of thinking, by using the word of God so that our speech is full of grace and seasoned with salt. That is why it is so important to be in the word daily. I can't stress that enough. Reading, especially in the season that we're in. This is what this is all is going to come back to, is the season that we're in. Reading, studying, meditating, confessing, or professing, and obeying it. This will teach us how to think and what to profess in different situations. The importance of that. You think about your day-to-day life. The things that go on around you. Anything can trigger a different situation. You said there was two different outcomes. There is. You're either going to speak life or you're going to speak death. You're going to curse or bless. It's, there's no other in-betweens. You're either doing one or the other. That's where it comes with idle words. The word idle means powerless. If you're sitting in a car at a red light and idle... What are you doing? Nothing. What's going to eventually happen if you sit there for hours? Your car is going to die. There's going to be no power to move. The word is just the same. You can look at the word. If you don't profess it or confess it and stand on in faith, it's going to fall. It's not going to be no good. So you need to speak it out, stand in faith, walk it out. By all means, pray about it. Get up in God's face. I do. It's not arrogance. He wants you to come to the throne of grace. Boldly. Not wimpy. Not crawling in there. Asking for help. You're a child. Remember who you are. It is so important to be careful of what you're watching, listening, and doing each day. This one hit me home hard. I I fall in it. I'm preaching this to myself more than you guys out there, because he watches daily, the enemy, and the ones that are sent to watch over us. The Holy Spirit's there with us. He wants to make sure that what we're watching lines up with what we should be speaking, because if you're watching certain things, that's eventually going to get to your heart. It'll come out. So you should be doing every thought should be by the living, breathing word of God. I'm just waiting as I'm reading to make sure he's not wanting me to say anything else. It's always good to wait on him because you get ahead of him. You get tripped up. We should pray in the spirit daily. There's times that I miss it in word. Reading the word every day. Don't get hung up on that. As long as you're in the word, as in with him, in his presence, you're still in the word. He don't want you in there just reading random anyway and you're not pondering and meditating on it. Well, what use is it? There's no power to it if you're not pondering and chewing on what he wants you to get out of it. 
but you have to be in his presence every day. I don't miss that opportunity, and I sure don't miss the opportunity of praying in spirit. I pray in the spirit a lot in a day, every day. I never miss a day praying in tongues. Get in the presence of God and worship him with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. I want to come back to worship real quick. You just put that back to me. You set the tone for how the rest of the service should go. The Holy Spirit comes in during worship if you allow him to. If you allow him to. Don't let that go over your head. He is waiting on us. We're always thinking on, we're waiting on God, but he's waiting on us. We are the ones that get him to move. It is by that praise and worship mindset that we want to worship the God that created us all. We will have God's word in us, and we will be led by his spirit and filled with power. That is reference back to what I just read. When you get in his presence and you worship, that is the evidence of it. You will be walking in the power. And then you will be ready to speak powerful words against any mountain that tries to stand against you or what God has promised. If it is promised, if it is in the word, that ties back to what Apostle Mike was talking about. That is one of the number one principal factors of the language of faith. Is something that has already been spoken in the word. So if it's in the word and you're standing on it and you're speaking on it, it's already moving. You don't have to wonder if it's already if it's going to happen. As soon as you speak it and declare it, it's already in motion. We seem to forget that. You give life to it as soon as you speak it out. So speak as Christ would speak. In other words, with authority. Knowing what you say will come to pass. We tend to give up. A lot of us in our, we want to kind of call it, it's lazy. You don't want to stand on what to declare. Apostle Mike brought it up. Look how long in the, it took for Caleb. Look how long it took for Moses. They had how many years? 40 and 45 years. They waited. And we want to give up in a week. It's like God's not moving. God's not doing anything. You're right, because you're not moving. You're not doing anything. You have to get it in line first so he can operate. You have to speak it out and stand on it. Not constantly praying the same thing over, but declaring and decreeing it over, standing on it, thanking him for that it already come to pass. Watch what we say. There is power. Don't forget this part. There is responsibility that is given to each and every one of us. We will be held accountable for what we say and what we don't say. I don't want you to miss that last part I said. What we say and what we don't say. I have stuff wrote, wrote under it, but he I know he wanted me to allow him to speak what he wants to right here. What we say... Buying up with the word of God. That's an easy one. Well, what are we ta- what's he talking about? What, what we don't say. Well, there's power in that word. If a situation or scenario happens or comes up, for instance, your family, what is the first thing that came to your mind? You can locate a person by what comes out of their mouth. 
immediately if they're in faith or if they're in disbelief? Did you stand on the word of God? Yes, it is a time of mourning. We've all had it. If you haven't, you will. It's a part of life. It's going to happen. You'll just have to be built up in your inner faith to take on these things. Storms of life are destined to come against every person on earth. But it's how you react in that chaos and that storm. What you speak, what's in your, that's why you ponder and meditate the word. So you have something to say that's in line with the word that'll help you through that crisis. But if you're not speaking on those things, you're not giving your idol. You're not giving power to what you should be giving power to, which is God, word, giving life to the word. Instead, the enemy's waiting for you. Well, he's not going to speak anything. I'm going to creep, creep in there and start mumbling, start jabbering. And we all wonder, well, why are things happening? Why are we not doing anything? Apostle Mike brought that up too. It's because of this. Either we're speaking or not speaking what we need to be speaking in a time of crisis. You should be speaking that way even outside of a crisis. And we miss that. Anytime some people will cry out to God is when there's problems. <laughs> Why is that? Why are you not thanking Him, crying out to Him, praising Him when the good times? He knows what's coming. We don't know what's coming. He'll build this up for that time. I want to speak a little bit about the kingdom of God. I wasn't going to bring it up, but he wants me to. What is advancing the kingdom of God? I've talked to Nate about this and Brad a little bit about this. And why I find it so important is because the scripture tells us to first seek it out. Well, what is it? It's kind of confusing. Is it an actual thing? Is it a state of being? Well, he made me, a long time ago, start breaking words down. And there's a reason for it, because there's power in the words. And you've got to know what the words are that are in there. So I broke down the kingdom of God. If you are kingdom-minded, and you think of a king, you walk in power, in authority, in dominion. So, when we're talking about the kingdom of God, that's what you're actually supposed to be doing. Well, what is the word God in that sentence? When they say the word God, and it doesn't dictate specifically which part of the Godhead, you're talking about the Godhead itself. See, they all work together, even at the beginning. I used to try to decipher and say different words of what God was versus what Jesus was, what, what the Holy Spirit was. Well, the will of God, he's the one who puts it all in motion. What he created up in here. The word of God speaks out what he sees the Father wants. And then the Holy Spirit is the manifester of the word. He makes it, makes it happen. That's why he's here. He's to still keep going what Jesus did when he was here. He sent him here 
to bring remembrance of who Jesus is and to continue to authorize and bring forth the power that makes things happen when we speak it. So he's still here as the manifester of God's word. He always will be until we all go home. And I didn't want to write it like this, but (laughs) this is how it was given to me. And I had to like, that just doesn't sound right. We are his voice. Jesus, or the word, is at the right hand of God. He gave us his authority, or his word. This is the part I didn't want to reference. In essence, we are God's word. We're not Jesus, but Jesus gave us that authority when he left. We became that word. We speak out what he did. We will do greater things. Why? Because we have something that they didn't have then. We have that spirit within us that has that power at all times. It's right with us. And there's so much more of us moving. That's what I thought. I was like, how can we have done much more things than with Jesus? But look how many there are now. Look how many. We can do more because of the numbers. It's the numbers that will make this happen. We're not going to do a lot more extravagant things. Jesus did everything. He walked. He was the only man and will be the only man that walked in the fullness of the Holy Spirit's gifts. A handful can be given to us. And he told me at one time, it is hard to walk in the Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit if you do not have the nine fruits of the Spirit. That could be another teaching. but And trust me, it's hard to walk in just a couple of them themselves. Love is a testy one. But patience, wow. That one gets everybody. We all lack in that area. And I, I, I'm very blessed to be around people that do have patience with certain things around me. Specifically my wife. Uh... But patience, that one hangs up a lot of people. But if you're not flowing in the fruits of the Spirit, how can you reach the lost? Especially in love. We want to be a church. He gave me this. It's like we want to be a church that loves everybody that comes in the door. Pastor talks about this a lot. We can't be a church that criticizes or judges I would not want to be in that seat because the word tells us you will be judged according to the way you judge. You do not want to judge somebody. But we don't want to criticize. We'll lose the loss. They have that enough outside in the world. They want to be loved on. They want to see something that they've never encountered. And in those last days, they will. But by who? That's up to us. Will it be by us? Because they'll keep seeking it out until they find it. And if they find it somewhere else, guess who's going to be caught up in the day of judgment for not? The ones that didn't take that chance to turn that idle word. You've got to speak. You've got to speak it to them. If we're not speaking it, there's no power. Let's see here. I want to turn to Luke 9.1. This goes back to these. I got a few more scriptures on it. 
of why this authority was given to us. Then he called his 12 disciples together and he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. That's one reference. Turn into, well, we're there, Luke 10, 19. This is Jesus himself. So there wasn't red on the last one. So this comes directly from the word itself. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on the serpents and the scorpions and all and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. I'm going to go to Matthew 16, 19. It's just tying on, just a different perspective. And I will give unto thee, and I'll come back to who he's talking to eventually here, the keys unto the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So he is directly talking to Peter at this time. But he's talking to everyone. That's not just to Peter. He don't just say it to one person. This is to the church. Don't, don't miss that. It's for everybody. So power has been given to us over everything. So why are we struggling? I guarantee it isn't because of that power that was given to us. We are missing it somewhere. Right here. We're not speaking that power. We're not giving it power. The enemy loves it when we're quiet. My wife says I speak too much. I do. But I'm watching more on what I say. And it does tell us in the scriptures that this is a thing that is untamed. It's very true. He had me do, (laughs) I didn't even tell my wife this either. Friday, he had me do a test on myself. I'm like, oh, great, what am I going to do? I want you to watch your tongue, and I want you to put a count on how many times that you fail. (laughs) I was like, oh, great. So I was more cautious. He knew that I was going to be more cautious. Even being more cautious... 18 times in one day, I messed up. So you're going to mess up. What do you do? You repent. And you keep repenting until you get it right. But he, patience got me. That's the word that got me. And I was like, when I'm in work in my trailer, I'm in total fellowship all the time with him. And then something will happen. Mike. You worked in these trailers. Something random happened out of the blue. No matter what it was, something broke off. First thing you're like, and I was like, there's one. Got that one on me. And then I'll go back with him again. I repent and then I go back with him. So it's like, it's just retraining your mind. You got to keep doing it over and over and over because the enemy just loves to come in there and just twist you up. And then it'll be like different scenario. Say, I was walking out of the trailer. I tripped. Guess what? You stub your toe, you're not going to say, oh, yeah. No. You got another opportunity. He was getting me left and right. I mean, the Holy Spirit, Pastor and Pastor Brad and Nate, 
Mine's the same way. He has a sense of humor. He loves to sort of like giggle inside me. I'm like, I know. I did it. You caught me. It's like, we're not going to get out of it. But I mean, eight, 18 times. And that was not even two and a half hours in my trailer. And I was in worship and praise with him. And still, my tongue was defeating me. So it's not an easy feat to overcome him. But he said the key is the pondering and meditating on his word and being with him. He understands we're going to make mistakes. There's no way around it. We battle with the flesh daily. Never forget the flesh in your spirit. The flesh does not like your spirit. He's going to try to do anything in his power to make sure that you are not successful in the walk. See, the spirit that's within us is the perfected thing that Jesus sees. He sees past the flesh, past the sin. He gave us that spirit. It's the flesh and the soul. That's what can get tainted. The spirit is his. You're not touching the spirit. He sees us through that, mainly now because of what Jesus did. He sees Jesus, actually. I do have that in. That's in Joshua 1, 8 and Psalms 1, 2 with the uh, meditating on God's word day and night. It'll help train your thoughts to speak out life. It will help you train your thoughts to speak out life. And the scripture that ties right, I like he wanted on this, comes from Matthew and Luke. Matthew 12, 34 and Luke 6, 45. For out, pastor speaks to this one a lot. I've heard it several times since I've been here. For out of the heart, or the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He wanted me to look that word up, abundance. What does that mean? The way he wanted me to see it. That which fills the heart. What are you allowing into your heart? What are you allowing by your other senses to get in your heart? What are you watching? What are you listening to? Who are you hanging around? bouncing around let me come back no i'm getting ahead of him all right what you do what you say watch what you do what you say don't give the enemy power when you speak ties back to the beginning we give power to give life or death We give power to give life or death. Every time we speak, we have an opportunity for this. That's why I believe it was, pastor was speaking. I don't know which reference or ministry you were talking about or who you were with. There was a man of God that did not speak very much when you were in a ride with him. Because he knew, and he knew 
what could come out of his mouth. So they train themselves not to speak as much as they can. But he also told me in these last days, he wants us to actually do the opposite because he wants us to ponder and meditate in the word on what he wants us to say. If we're in fellowship with him and start to learn how to speak like him, obviously he wants you to open your mouth. He wants you to speak that power out in these last days. And I know this has been the word that's been given to me at the beginning. I told pastor, and it's been spoken a lot. Get ready. And that, he chastened me a little bit because he gave me a question with a direct answer. And I'm not used to that with him. He usually gives me a chance to answer or respond. But he said, are you ready? You think the church is ready? And I was about to talk. And he goes, not yet. And then he wanted me to chew on. Like, what's he doing now? And he's talking about what we're talking about right now. What Apostle Mike's talking about. What other ministries are talking about. The words of your mouth. What is he talking about getting ready for? It's been talking over our church for a long time. There's going to be a lot of people coming here. Get ready. How do you prepare yourself for those coming? What are they going to be looking for? What are they going to be listening to? He wants our tongues to be right in line with his word. We have to be able to teach them the word of God. But if you don't know the word of God, maybe you should be standing with them. I'm not saying this to be hurtful. Some of us need to get in the word more, including myself. We need to get in his presence more to get more from him. In the last days, it's not going to be pretty with the fight. The enemy knows what's coming. And you, I can guarantee you he's not sitting down, twiddling his thumbs. He's building his arsenal right now. But he knows this will defeat him. He knows if we prepare our mouths and our words in line with God's will, he will be defeated. He's already defeated, but he wants to take as many as he can with him down. He hates this body. He hates us because we are in the image of the one he hates. So it is very important to us to make sure that we're in God's word, pondering, meditating on his word, speaking forth that word, giving it life, giving it power. He did give me two references that he spoke in his word. I know which way he was going to go with this. It talked about swearing, you know, like an oath. Don't swear by anything, especially by God. Well, why is that? I just told you the whole message before that. You're going to be held accountable by things that you swear an oath to, and you don't, and you don't follow through with it. That's very important. If you're going to be a man of faith, a man of God. You can use a different word than swear. If you're going to make an oath to someone, follow through. If you're going to tell somebody you're going to do something, do it. I still don't want you to swear by it, but if you're making an oath to someone you're going to do something, do it. The next one is don't lie. 
Think about everything that I just said. Why would you not lie? The answer is very easy. It will only make the lie a reality. Think about that. You just made that lie come out. You gave it power. It wasn't real. It was in your head. But you spoke it out and you gave it life. I think back in my time before, and when we were little kids, I always <laughs> tried to get out of stuff. I would lie. But we're no longer children. We should be something higher right now. Not speaking those things that will give life to something. For instance, I can give you an example. He gave me one. Say you wanted to get out of something with going with someone or doing something. And you said, no, I got to stay home. My child's sick. Whew, what did you just do? You just opened up and unleashing the enemy's all, oh, yeah, what am I going to give them? Because you just gave them the power to do it. You said, remember, these are power. You gave power. You allowed him to have that authority. Well, you just said they're sick. I better make something happen. So don't lie. Very important to not be, make something that is not a reality. Especially, it's all of them, but especially... You don't want to speak somebody a lie that will promote death. Because it will promote death. I didn't know if I was going to read this or not, but now I guess I am. In the Old Testament, I didn't write this part down, but I know. In the Old Testament, when you committed a sin, it was a physical act. When the new covenant came and set in, <laughs> boy, they put us to a higher standard. Jesus himself said, even if you think it, you committed that sin. Wow. Pondering and meditating on the word helps not allow something to get in there that would. Just imagining something can be a sin. All these things equal the work of man. The works of man are not... Stay with me because you'll, you'll catch what I'm saying because right here you'll be like, that's contradictive. The works of man are not of a physical nature but of a heart's attitude and out of a responsible nature. It ties to this. This is what Christ is saying in Revelations to the churches when he says, I know your works. In other words, the church will be held accountable for not using the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit through, power, to, through prayer and intercession. For the things out of order in this world. Whether there is a problem in your town, country, state, county, etc. This includes praying for those in authority. I believe Abe brought that up a little bit with praying. You don't want to just pray for the authority here. But you also want to pray for 
those in authority in different nations, especially ones that are struggling. Obviously, you want to pray for them. You have that power and authority. God placed them there as well. Everybody just thinks they all got voted up there. This was not a something that was a surprise. Wow, I didn't know they would have voted them in. No, he put them in that authority. So pray for your nations. Pray for the United States, obviously, but pray for other nations. Well, you ask what to pray? Well, the Word of God. You want to pray that their eyes are enlightened. You want to pray that there is an awesome apostle that comes in there or an evangelist that comes in there and speaks life to that nation and reboots it and gets it back on track for what's coming. We need more allies. I'm not talking about physical allies. I'm talking about spiritual allies for what's coming. Bring that up. This goes back to a little bit of what Apostle was talking about. Apostle, my keys. Key to truth faith is to control the language, the language of your heart. Line it up, the language of the heart with the head. Well, what does that mean? Well, if you're putting the right things in there, let's put it that way. Don't line it up. You ain't got the right things in there. That's why you ponder and meditate on the word. That gets down to your heart. What comes out of your heart? Comes out of your mouth. You give power to it. When you declare it, don't let this go by. I spoke it. He's got it highlighted in Romans 1.16. When you declare it, this is what that chapter, this verse means. When you declare it, It is when the power is released. So you don't have to wonder if it's going to happen. All you got to do is stand on faith and know that it is going to happen. Don't stand in the way of what God is trying to do by allowing this to get in the way. I think everybody out here has an understanding of what I'm talking about. To walk in its fullness, though, is the hard task. To walk in total surrender of one's thinking unto the Word of God takes an effort. You have to actually work it out. I want to read an insert, just a little spot on this thing on the front. Back from July 12th, 2012, when I walked with him at my work, I would always get things and I'd write them down. And this was actually a direct question I gave him. He actually responded quite quickly. So I asked a question to the Holy Spirit one day. 
and fellowship with him. Where is the church lacking? Or where am I missing it? Or where are we missing it? How can we further the kingdom of God? Even back then, he was putting the kingdom of God in my heart. But yet, I did not study it out. His answer was so simple, but yet is hard to attain or achieve. He answered that everything that proceeds from our beings, whether it be verbal, thought, or action, must produce life or give light. He actually taught me my message back then, and I did not ponder enough into it. Everything that proceeds out of our mouth. If it is not, it is an idle word. That will be what comes to the forefront. What did you speak? Why did you speak that? What did it give? Did you exhort, edify? Did you curse? Did you bless? Did you promote life or death? I put in here, when I got that response, I pondered and I remembered the Lord Jesus. What did he do when he walked upon the earth? He always responded, tying it back to the Father. One of his main messages was, I do the will of God or the one who sent me. His spirit, his soul, body were in accordance to the heart of the Father. They are one. We are called to be the same way. We are to be one with our Lord and Savior, the Word. And obviously, he's in line and word with the Father. So in essence, you can say, we are to be one with the Father as well. Every time Jesus went anywhere, he spoke his word. He produced life. His actions reflect the will of the Father, which in turn gave life. Or light, you can say. Back in the time, and Pastor knows this, he read different stuff. And I didn't know what the Holy Spirit was trying to teach me at that time, but it ties back to this. He always made me break down and decipher words. Why? Because there was so much power in the word that I was speaking, but I didn't have a reference, which he wanted me to have a reference, of what that word actually meant. What are you doing? What does it mean to produce? I mean, we can probably just say one little tiny thing. But it's actually a paragraph. What, I mean, what is the true meaning of the word produce? To show, exhibit, create, bear, to make or bring about, to establish, to have fruit. There's a word we know. To perform, build, or perfect. So in essence, we are all works right now, but we all strive for perfection. That's our goal. Jesus' goal was perfection. He was perfection, but he wanted us to strive for that perfection. And it's a constantly, daily, pondering and meditating, lining up the word with the heart so that whatever you speak brings the next word I'm about to bring out is life. Life is defined in many ways. It means a vital force. Here's something that Apostle brought up, a flame or a spark. To bring life, to draw breath, quicken, put life into, to revive. That word he just highlighted to me. I got to come back to that word. Life-giving. Revive. Revive. 
What does revive mean? <laughs> revival, we talk about it. What's going to bring revival? We all have a part to play. The church and its new wineskins. God wants us to be ready for what's coming. If he pours out what he has coming right now into our wineskin, you'd think that the church would be able to hold it. I can tell you no. But will it? Yes. If we keep listening and we keep doing what we're supposed to do, if we keep shedding the old and bringing and allowing the new into us, it starts when we go to church, when the fellowship comes up. Abe and them should not have to. Pastors should not have to look out it to us and see. Wow. I'm going to put my head back down. And there's no life there. There's no spark. We need to revive. Stir ourselves up. That's what I get out of revive. Stir yourself up. You're stalemating. You're stagnant. You're not doing anything for yourself or the body when you come in with all your baggage. I'm not saying don't come with your baggage, but don't bring, when we're in worship and fellowship, there should be nothing in your mind that ties to you at all. It's all about Him. If you're there worshiping, you're thinking, pondering on things outside of, oh, what about this? Oh, what am I doing this? Or even what pastor says, what am I going to eat? You're, you're disrupting the move of the Spirit. Without even really knowing it, you're disrupting the move of the Spirit. How can He move if we're not focused on Him? We can't. He's really got that word stuck on me, revive. Wake up. He's saying, wake up, church. It shouldn't even really take our worship to get us ready for pastor. We should come with a willing heart, a desire to want to please him. But we get so caught up in our own life, our own situations. That's how Pastor always said, us four, no more. And that mentality has to stop. It will be stopped. And not by me. The Holy Spirit's doing a different move. I was telling people that churches are closing for difference in it. I'm not going to bring up why. If you listen to the news, you'll know why. But things are trying to creep in the church that the church is not allowing. 1,400 churches closed for a certain reason. Look it up if you want to know what it was for. They weren't having it. So nobody showed up. 1,400 churches closed for a good reason. I'll give you that. It was a good reason. It's something that should not have been allowed in the body. But God's doing a move in His church. The church, the real church, the remnant church. We are called to be a remnant church. 
If you don't want to be a part of the remnant church, then I think you came to the wrong church. We're, we're in a battle. In the days ahead, we're going to see what that true scripture, what it talks about, who we're fighting. The spiritual battle will reveal itself. The enemy is not hiding his head anymore. Look around. He's not ashamed of what he's doing. He's not afraid of us. Why is that? Because we're not speaking what we should be speaking. We're not defeating his purposes. God will find someone who will. Because he already has the victory. We have the victory through him. But if we allow the enemy to keep doing what he's doing, you're going to mourn the Holy Spirit. We're going to lose some of the lost. And someday we'll answer for that. Just remember, I'm talking to myself first. This is what I go through daily. (laughs) But I wouldn't change it any other way. He longs for us to be in his presence. He longs for us to speak those things which are not. And to stand on them and to watch them happen. We talked about this before, Pastor has in a long time. What is going to bring the lost? What's going to, they're, they're going to see something. They're going to, the miraculous is going to happen. I mean, that's the dinner bell for the new people, the, the ones that don't know God. They're going to experience things, and it's even going to be something that will build us up in our, in our faith as well. We're going to see things that we've never seen before. That's coming. But we have to get ready. We're the one that's going to usher that in. We are. God's waiting on us to make this happen. You can't stop God. I mean, he... He's already had this. He's waiting for us. He don't need. Well, you can say it like that, but that's not. He's, don't say it like that. He doesn't really need us to say, okay, God, you can do it. He wants us to actually speak those things out so he can. He's limited to his word. I've taught this and it kind of like, it's like, I can't say that like that. But it's true. I'm going to say this, but give me a second to tell you why. God is powerless without us. Don't let that go by you. It's because we speak it out. He's waiting on us. That will bring the power. God's word is power. But it's powerless without us speaking it. Coming to an ending, I can tell you that now. If I allowed him to just talking like this, I should just record things when I'm walking. Because we're constantly, as I'm talking with you guys, that's how he talks back. And I, I can't catch him all the time because he gets so far ahead. He's, he's the ultimate multitasker, let me tell you that. Yes, he's... His such vastness in the way... You don't understand unless you spend time with him how vast he truly is in his thinking. He's always thinking of something beyond us. I mean, we're in the picture, but he's way at the end waiting. Just like, come on, 
waiting for us to get to the end. Me and Nate have talked to this before. Everything's already done. God's at the finish line waiting for us to fulfill what he knows is about to happen. So in closing, I want to read. I'm going to find where I put it in my notes because he wanted that at the very end. It ties everything together. Back here. And I believe Amy, I told her I'd be bringing her name up in this. And I'll bring it up, and I'll bring up Nate's, and I'll bring up Brad's, and bring up Paige's. You will also be on this side. I saw it. It's, you're not going to get out of it, because I never did. So I'm going to stand on that you guys will be up here giving a word in season as well. Every one of us has that gift. I never saw it because I do not like speaking in front of people. But I don't want to speak in front of people. I want him to speak. So when he speaks, I'm not actually nervous. I'm letting him do it. Because if I was speaking, I'd be shaking up here. And I'm not shaking. A little bit over there. Uh, <laughs> especially on that side. That really shakes. Do not miss this because this, is wor- this was so good when he gave it to me. When we say the battle is his, it is still our responsibility to use our tongue to bind and loose, to give life or curse, or to break chains of bondage, move mountains. We are the ones called to declare his victory. By his word, we need to act on it. By speaking it out and standing in faith, that which we declare is already done. Then the battle is truly his and the victory is ours. So don't give up on what you're standing on. Remember, as soon as you declare it, it's already there. It's already yours. So on our side, if we don't see evidence of it, then we need to do a deep dive in ourselves and figure out why. What are we not speaking? Find something in the Word that will tie up to it and stand on it. But keep confessing, keep declaring. You don't need to pray on it more than one time. Then you just start Declaring the evidence of it. I believe he's done. So I want to pray real quick. Father. Oh, Father, how you long for your people to get in your presence. To get that life power that's within them, within each and every one of us. The gifts, to stir up the gifts, to allow them to flow. Thank you, Father, that our eyes are enlightened. All calluses are gone, removed. We have a fresh anointing upon us appointed time in which we are to move and walk. It is now. You pick us in this generation to impact this world, to impact other believers, to impact our church, to build each other up, to exhort and edify each other, not to knock each other down. And it is done by our words. I thank you, Holy Spirit. That is not our words that we speak, but it is the words that you enlighten to us from the word of God that will produce and promote 
power in life. Give light, for we know what is coming, and we can't do it alone. I dare not want to do it alone. I wish for you to be at the forefront, giving us those words of wisdom and knowledge so we can walk in them, talk in them, stand in them, and watch them come to pass. Bringing in the lost, the heart of the Father is not to lose a single soul. Let that be our heart. Let that be within our mouths because we have that power to do so. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, you gave us that power. May we walk in it. May we speak and stand in it boldly. Come before your throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace. When we, when we need it, Father, you're always there. You've never failed. You never failed me. You never will fail me. And you'll never fail them. As long as we stand in faith and believe and stand in your word, all things are possible. So we thank you that you opened up our eyes to this, this new season that we're about to walk in. May we continue to shed the old wineskins and prepare ourselves for what's coming with the new wineskins so that we can be filled and prepared for what is coming. Not only the battle, but the new children that are gonna, about to come into the kingdom of God. We give you thanks for those ahead of time. I know they're coming, and may each and every one of us be an impact, show the love, and walk in the fullness of all the fruits. In Jesus' powerful my name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, amen. God's raising up the body. Amen. I don't want to do it alone. I need you. I called Nate yesterday. How many of you ever talked to him before? What's one of his problems? He talks a lot. <laughs> called him. Anyone talk to me? Awkward silence. And it was really awkward. He finally said, what's wrong with you? Well, I'm watching the words in my mouth. Now, for him... 18 and two hours, he passed a test compared to me. How about you? Is there anyone here today that needs prayer for your physical body? Then we'll dismiss you. Thank you. Amen. Come up here. You can pray. Don't pray long. Just put your hand on them and believe God for healing. What would you do? Your hip? Put, your, put, put it right there, your hand. Come here. Go ahead and pray. Speak the word. Be brief. Powerful. Yes. Mm. There it is. There it is. Whoa. Yes. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What? Okay. In the name. Father, I thank you, Father, that you said yes. Everything that we ask will come to pass, Lord. I know it is by your stripes we are healed, Lord. So we speak forth mm. to be stirred within their bodies, from the head to the toes. Yes. Everything in between, the allergies are gone in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you that your lungs are open to Amen. the Lord is the Spirit of God. 
Amen. Amen. Yes. Back. We're at. Where's what? Just a minute. Thank you, Power in your name, Lord Jesus. I command your body to come back into order just as you intended it to be. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Boy, there's anointing there. There's anointing because there's the Word. Can't have the anointing without the Word. He gave the Word, and God confirms His Word with healing. Amen. Well, Wednesday, uh, go ahead, ladies, and I promise you, ladies, leave, would you please? Could you go out without chattering? And go in the foyer and chatter. And the, if you men don't go to church here, you're fine. You're dismissed. Just the man, quickly. It won't take but a couple minutes.